Welcome to Neoweek Audio, a collection of podcasts and Twitter spaces produced and curated by Neoweek, the number one news and community platform for the Neo Protocol and the Aurora ecosystem. At neoweek.com slash podcasts, you can find every interesting audio piece from the community in one place. We curate content on topics such as DeFi, NFTs, gaming, DAOs, community hangouts, and more. Basically, we got you covered near fam. And without further ado, let's dig in. Yo, what's up, Ryan? Hey, David, how you doing? Oh, you know, another day on X. Hey, is that what... I guess that's what we're calling this thing, huh? So it's yeah, X I go back and forth. Hello, hello. Hey, what's up, Ilya? How's it going, my man? Yeah, Ilya, last time yeah. I saw you was at East Lisbon at the hackathon. What did you think about that, dude? Yeah, it was fun. I think it was a good, good mix of projects. I mean, a lot of these hackathons sadly have like the same projects over and over again mm-hmm. because like people coming in, but you do see new ideas there as well, which is exciting. Yeah, well, uh, right around the East Lisbon Hackathon was when uh, this announcement that we're about to talk about here on the space from uh, near data availability, availability was getting um, announced, right? Were, were hackers uh, using that new platform at that hackathon, or is it still kind of just like too early to the announcement for people to wrap their heads around it? Uh, it was too early. We announced it actually like two days after at NeoCon, which was also in Lisbon. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we have a bunch of kind of uh, folks that have been working with in the meantime, who are building layer twos um, to kind of co-develop and give them documentation and code uh, before that announcement. So there was a bunch of folks kind of not at the hackathon who were actually playing with it already. Well, David, we are uh, doing some chit chat. This is almost green room chit chat, but I want to address the the audience that is now assembling. This is a, a Twitter spaces where we're talking to Ilya, who is the co-founder of the Near Protocol and uh, the purpose of this Twitter spaces is to do a little bit of education because Nier has a new solution for developers, Ethereum developers this time, called the Nier Data Availability uh, Solution. And Ilya is going to talk to us about that and the philosophy and the thesis behind it. And this feels uh, a little bit like a long time coming, I think, for folks in the Ethereum community where Nier is drawing a little bit closer uh, to Ethereum and offering a really cool solution for uh, the Ethereum devs out there. So it's an exciting time to do this. And I should mention as well, uh, Nier is sponsoring this Twitter Spaces just so it can help get the word out to the Ethereum community. Uh, and we're really excited about uh, what we're going to talk about today. So Ilya, before we get into this in general about what you guys are announcing and, and why you're doing this, uh, can you give some context for people who actually aren't familiar with uh, Nier? So you know, where'd you guys come from? What's what's the history here? For sure, yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for having me here. The kind of history is um, we actually were originally uh, building an AI company. It was near AI. Uh, and uh, we ended up starting to look at blockchain to solve our own problem, which was trying to pay people around the world for some of the crowdsourcing data lately that we needed. And the realization was back in the day, in, this is 2018, that even already at that point, you know, Bitcoin or Ethereum was too expensive to do microtransactions. So we kind of started near with this idea how do we build something that is scalable, that can maintain low transaction fees for, you know, micropayments and in general programmable money 
um, and at the same time make it make the experience of using it uh, very simple because uh, as well being you know coming in new entrants entrants back then to crypto it was quite cumbersome uh, to actually you know, install extensions set up wallets get the uh, initial you know uh, crypto for the paying fees etc. And so that's kind of how we started near. We did talk with the Ethereum Foundation and kind of researchers back in the day, um, understood the sharding. Um, my co-founder was working prior at a sharded database company called Single Store. So had a lot of experience building sharded kind of web two systems. And so we were bringing a lot of that experience to uh, the blockchain space. And uh, we had like few realizations early on that um, are interesting now. One of them is, that, is this idea that as you need to scale, you need to have uh, asynchronicity. You need to be able to run in a way a lot of things in parallel. And uh, you cannot just you know put more stuff into a single machine. And because of this, Nier is designed with that in mind from the ground up, which also means uh, like the way near designed is that actually every single smart contract on near is its own rollup or chain. It's just the way it's done is that we do sequencing data availability, execution, and settlement within a kind of two second, two slot time. And so near from from the start was designed as kind of a scalable sharded data availability layer uh, to for the smart contracts of near itself. And this is where kind of the near DA came in is as we saw more and more folks uh, kind of spinning up their own layer twos and being in need for uh, scalable DA, uh, we offered that as a product uh, on double near. Ilya, I remember, um, I think back it was ETH Denver 2019. I remember meeting some of the then to be near folk working uh, just at the hackathon, working on the sharding system. So y'all have been uh, like around the Ethereum space for a really long time. And it's pretty cool to see this innovation being able to make this a little bit more like technically uh, technical and, and formal. Um, also, by the way, Ilya, you are, we get a kind of a muffling of your microphone every like 30 seconds or so. Um, I don't know if like what your environment is, but if, uh, I don't know if you could just like speak directly into the mic, we, you get uh, lost every 30 seconds or so. So just want to let you know that. Um, okay. You, you said something that I want to like double click into, because this is something that I think is increasing in relevancy and conversation in the Twitter, uh, in the Ethereum space. Uh, and it's, uh, synchronicity. Uh, can you talk about the role that synchronicity plays? in Ethereum composability, because with all these different layer twos out there in Ethereum, you know, each one is its own separate chain that is not totally composed with its neighbor, for example. Uh, what role does synchronicity play in, in helping solve this problem? And, and how does the near uh, solution that you guys are bringing forth help um, be a technical solution for this as well? Yeah, that's a great question. So maybe kind of fundamentally, Synchronicity is something that is indeed a very kind of desired property because it allows when you write smart contracts to kind of not care. You just say, okay, cool, you know, fails this transaction and everything that happened gets rolled back. The challenge is that's not how real world works. Um, and it's, you know, in very much similar terms when computing went from kind of single core to multi-core, 
we learn how to build multi-core, multi-threaded processes. We then learn how to build, you know, networking uh, services. We, you know, right now starting to learn uh, how to build a synchronous kind of smart contracts that interacting between different parallel environments. And so I think like synchronicity is, you know, is useful. It's, it's very convenient, um, but it's just impossible to maintain as you're actually scaling this up and offering more and more uh, kind of applications at, you know, massive consumer scale. And so we've been thinking about this from 2018. We designed near with that in mind. And that's why I say, in a way, every single smart contract or account on Near is actually a separate rollup that runs in parallel. Um, kind of the physical layout of them actually being assigned to specific computers is decided by the network, not by the developers. And so with that, what you need is extremely quick way to kind of interact between rollups, uh, send messages, send liquidity, et cetera. And so Near is designed to offer all that kind of packaged in, a, in such a way that you, as a user, you don't actually know about anything, right? You still have a single wallet, you use all the applications and you don't think about that there's a ton of, you know, parallel execution, message passing, data availability, you know, settlement happening. And so that's kind of generally, uh, we're starting to use this principle, we call it chain abstraction, which we, sh we should go a lot more into, but kind of that's what near been really pioneering is like how to build a synchronous environment that really feels uh, like a single environment, but underneath has kind of a lot of, um, you know, parallel execution happening. And so with Ethereum, it's kind of, you know, as we see this happening now in Ethereum through the rollup uh, roadmap, it's very much similar uh, situation, right? Where developers need to learn how to build kind of applications that span multiple rollups. Uh, and so we can offer a lot of the kind of both know-how as well as technical um, infrastructure to power that through data availability. We also have fast finality uh, and some other offerings that we're working on. Okay, so I, I want to get into the, the thesis in a bit, um, like why you're doing this uh, and uh, moving near in this direction, Ilya, and this idea of chain abstraction. But before we do, I want to get really concrete on what you are rolling out um, you know, now, which is uh, near data availability. And just to give folks a refresher on this, uh, you know, we have got a lot of Ethereum... Uh, people that know the Ethereum tech stack probably in the audience today. And of course, you'll know that Ethereum of the last several years has moved to this uh, modular roadmap where Ethereum itself, you know, the layer one does the, the settlement. It's kind of the consensus layer. And then there's another layer above uh, for data availability. And then, of course, the execution happens, um, you know, using, using rollups. And Ethereum is very constrained on the data availability that its layer one can provide today. Um, it's pretty expensive for rollups to um, uh, commit to, to um, you know, use data availability. And Ethereum's working to kind of expand through proto-dank sharding, that kind of thing. But this leaves uh, an opening and a massive market opportunity and a market need for a data availability layer that is not uh, on Ethereum today. And I think that's what Near 
DA actually is. But could you describe it for those in the Ethereum audience? What can NIR actually do with NIR DA and Fast Finality for uh, Ethereum devs and for the, the Ethereum ecosystem as a whole? Yeah, I think, I mean, you, you exactly explained the modularity principle. So the idea that now instead, before, if we had a blockchain, let's say Cosmos app chain, it needed to have its own consensus it, for settlement, its own data, like sequencing data availability uh, embedded into that through a number of validators, and then the validators themselves would do execution. And so that required bootstrapping kind of a massive number of validators from the start, getting crypto kind of economic security uh, through, you know, launch of a token and doing all that when you're just starting your application chain, which you didn't have yet enough uh, potentially financial motivation for people to do it, any of that. And so modularity principle says, well, you can spin up a potentially single node or you know, few nodes which can do sequencing and execution, and then you can publish data to either Ethereum or alternative uh, data availability layer, and then uh, publish the proof of execution through zero knowledge or an optimistic route uh, to Ethereum in such a way that now uh, you can withdraw or deposit uh, assets there. And it also settles, kind of finalizes the, the transition of your chain. And so that m makes it extremely cheap to launch uh, rollups. And we kind of see this now in, in the, uh, obviously, Ethereum ecosystem. And Ilya, how fast, uh, how, how cheap are we talking? I, I think I saw some estimates that this might be thousands of times uh, cheaper than Ethereum data availability right now. Is, is that in the ballpark? Yeah, so we are 8,000 times cheaper than Ethereum data availability. Um, and so the way to think about it is near right now with four shards, and you know we can add more shards, offers um, about 16 megabytes of uh, uh, pretty much throughput uh, per second. So you can put 16 megabytes of data per second on, on near network. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, if you consider like 100 bytes uh, per transaction, uh, for example, you get, you know, five point something billion gas per second of, you know, EVM throughput uh, that you can put in. And it costs, you know, something like um, maybe four near something total. So okay, that's so, five, four, five billion. So just to translate this, th this is pretty meaningful for rollout developers. They know what an eight thousand uh, times reduction in in data availability cost is. But for the average uh, user of rollups, what this will mean is we we move from cents per transaction on a rollup to like fractions of a cent. To where it's you know I don't want to say it's nearly free. I, but... I would say it's like one thousandth of like you know, one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like 1,000 cents. Yeah. yeah, really cheap. Really, 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 really cheap, right? And uh, Ilya, I want to, um, like, a lot of people have, like, this tunnel vision on cheap transactions, not to belittle the, how important cheap transactions are, but I really want to double down on what cheap, cheap transactions get you because one of the reasons why cheap transactions are cheap uh, is because there's other second-order effects to the system that's making it cheap, uh, which is like just um, latency of settlement. I was actually talking to Arhat in the in the um, audience here just earlier today about the role that latency 
has in cross-chain composability. And the downstream net effects of this, of cheap, fast transactions, turns into something like we are actually able to make these blockchain systems be as invisible to us as TCP IP is today. Can you talk about like how this this cheap data availability and cheap transactions kind of creates like a, some like a, a greater um, than the sum of the parts phenomenon in which like later with you know some more tinkering and development we actually have like the Web three vision that we all kind of dream of. Can, can you talk about the extension of what we get from cheap transactions? Yeah, exactly. I think well, there's two sides. One is this cheap this cheap data availability allows to actually developer to decide on and and capture the uh, pretty much transaction fee uh, to themselves, right? So they can charge whatever they think is is the rightful amount for the um, product they're offering. But then, yeah, on the other side, so near is one second blocks, and so you can post publish data every second, and uh, that's where you know fast finality gadget that we're working with Eigenlayer can provide you, you know, two three second. Um, pretty much pre-settlement that allows you to start routing, uh, for example, cross-chain, cross-roll-up transactions uh, or withdraw near uh, assets. And so that allows you to start actually composing applications indeed in such a way that although it's not fully atomic, but it's, you know, close to the experience that you uh, would have with a single environment. And in turn, indeed, and this is what near kind of from the start, our vision has been that blockchain should not be the in in user's face, right? We're going to be starting to abstract the blockchains and make them as kind of uh, you know operate like as uh, easy to use and as effective as uh, and ideally more effective and easier to use than Web two in such a way that users just you know control their data, control their assets, and uh, uh, are able to, you know, navigate between all of those chains without even need, needing to think about it. Like ideally, you should not need to think if you're on Blast or on Optimism or on Base, right? You're just using an app, and the uh, assets getting routed in the right way. So, what are you hoping for from the current cohort of layer twos that already exist? So we have things like Polygon, Optimism, Arbitrum, you know, zk Sync, Scroll. Uh, these, we, these are the chains that already exist, and some of these systems have, like, their um, chain development kit uh, chain ecosystem. So, like, the OP stack has Base and Zora Network and and um, Public Goods Network, and then Polygon also has like things like Immutable, and it has like things using the Polygon zk EVM uh, chain development kit. So that that's these are the the chains that already exist on Ethereum today. And then there are all, all the future ones that can be birthed from new innovations, um, specifically one of the things that we're, you're, you guys are working on with, with Polygon. But what are you guys hoping for from the current cohort of chains that already exist? And that's, that's, that'll be like the first part of my question. And then the second part of my question is, what also is being brought to the table to change the landscape for future chains? So wh what do you want from the current chains? And what can you provide to future chains that don't exist yet? Yeah, so for current chains, um, there's kind of two routes. One is they can switch to use near DA directly, and this just gonna drop their costs from, you know, base or whatever, paying how many million dollars uh, per year in in transaction costs to paying, you know, 
maybe ten, twenty, fifty thousand dollars, right? At least, and which means they can drop the cost for their users way lower and offer a lot more financial transactions there. The the alternative route, actually, if they want to continue maintaining uh, TA on Ethereum, they can also do TA on Near and get fast finality, or at least get guarantees that data is published and uh, leverage that for various bridges and external interactions. Uh, again, fa way faster, right? Within a second, instead of waiting for data to be published on Ethereum. And so this is kind of a dual data availability approach where you can start using it to um, to start routing some of the communications and bridges way faster than you would do it right now. Wait, I want to I want to double tap on that. So uh, instead of just posting data availability to like um, proto dank sharding EIP four eight four four when it when it comes out and then later full dank sharding, some chains could post data availability twice. Uh, one to the like World War Three resistant block space of Ethereum, but it could also post it to the near data availability solution and get the the synchronicity, the cross chain composability and and settlement guarantees that allows for the chain abstraction. So it can do it can have the best of both worlds. Is that what you're saying? Correct. That's pretty cool. Okay, I cut you off. Uh, so what what can you provide future chains, or is that more or less the same answer? Well, so future chains, I mean, the, the things like, yeah, yes to all this, but the things we're working on, right, is just a lot more of services around. So one of the things we have, for example, on Near is kind of indexing framework that allows to write pretty much in smart contracts a way to index your data. And then anyone who follows this protocol, similar to RPCs, can access it, right? And so you can have... Pretty much that, uh, if you put posting your data on near this indexing framework automatically, you know, uh, will start working with those chains as well. We have uh, another uh, massive feature we call account aggregation, which allows to have kind of one account that, but then use pretty much uh, remote accounts on other chains without user needing to kind of switch networks and manage things manually. And so that allows to have kind of like a, this experience of, you know, I just use apps and I don't care which chains they're on. And finally, we have decentralized frontends, which allow to as well kind of build frontends for any chains already. We have partnered with ZK, with ZKVM, with uh, uh, Linea, with uh, um, Mantle. And so with that, you can actually... Uh, as well, kind of navigate all the apps across all the chains. And uh, again, because you have this fast finality through one second, you have like way faster kind of cross communication and interactions. So like really it's all about kind of starting to, as you said, abstract out the blockchain kind of specifics, right? That should be kind of developer land and really get users to focus on their experience of using apps um, and uh, kind of, you know, getting the value out of that. And is that the basic summary of the, that concept that we were talking about, which I think is the, the, the core thesis for why you guys are rolling out near DA, which is this, this concept of uh, chain abstraction. Is that the, the idea that um, users don't really have to concern themselves as much with the infrastructure that apps are built on, like kind of what chain you're on, that's all completely abstracted. Is that the core... Uh, thesis behind uh, chain yes. abstraction? 
Yes, yeah. So this is what, I mean, Near has been kind of focused on this from the start. This is why we have, you know, biggest consumer apps in Web3 are built on Near because they can leverage already uh, all of this uh, from the start, right? Cosmos and Sweatcoin right now kind of respectively, at, at least in, 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 a, in from a consumer perspective, not non-DeFi, right? They have the biggest uh, user bases and uh, they're able to kind of leverage that and provide this to their users without users really thinking about blockchains and kind of uh, needing to understand, you know, wallet onboarding, et cetera. And then, so we really want to expand this to kind of all of the blockchain space. And I'm not talking about just Ethereum. Like the goal is to support, you know, Bitcoin and Solana and Cosmos as well. Okay. So is that like, what is, is near DA a component of what you guys are calling this like uh, open web stack or are there other components to it? Like what is the, the open web stack? Yeah. So open web stack is pretty much set of set of these components. Yeah. So near DA is uh, one of them. We have obviously our own web assembly execution environment, uh, which we also partner with Polygon to do ZK Wasm there. Uh, to kind of achieve a lot of properties. Then you have the data layer, which contains this query API indexing framework and as well some more private data um, offerings like Calimero, as well as working with Orbit. Then you have uh, identity layer, which has this account aggregation, fast toss, onboarding and recovery through uh, kind of face ID, through pretty much using cryptography on your device. And then uh, you have decentralized front-ends, which, again, allow to deliver experiences directly to anybody's, uh, you know, device without any middleman, without any web server in a very cryptographically secure way, while also, uh, you know, making sure that these experiences are never going away um, and they, you know, work across all chains. So kind of there's like this layer layered stack of pretty much tools for developers to build um, applications in such a way that users just can use them and uh, don't need to, and like developers themselves also don't need to concern with too much of the underlying complexity of the infrastructure. Okay, so this is uh, really interesting, Ilya. You know, in, as you're explaining this in more detail, it might be uh, for a lot of folks the first time they're kind of hearing this. Um, because there was a narrative once upon a time that near, you know, back in the day was an ETH killer. But you're you're very much, uh, you know, sh- showing how it can work very um, cooperatively with the whole, you know, modular roadmap uh, kind of uh, ETH approach that the approach that ETH is taking. And also, it's interesting because near is is not a layer two in and of itself. It's it's like something else. It's kind of glue that stitches together all of these layer twos. Do you, do you have any reflections on that? Yeah, I mean, so the nearest Ethereum killer definitely was not us saying this. <laughs> this was, you know, journalists trying to put um, a good spin on an article to get more clicks. Uh, so, like, from our perspective, I mean, as you mentioned, right, we've been in East Denver. I think I've been to every East Denver um, uh, since 2019, uh, and obviously a lot of other Ethereum events. And so, like from my perspective, we always been trying to be the kind of the complement, the way to, you know, build applications that you cannot build on Ethereum, as well as you know, continue working together in the space to see how we can push it further. 
because like our vision is very much aligned with kind of broader vision of the space of open web of web three of uh, user ownership of of kind of decentralized governance. And so um, for us, it's always been like, okay, how do we make something that is really easy for developers to build on, you know, give the developers the tools they need. And then on the other side, make it really easy for users to use it. And ideally so accessible, cheap, right, that we can onboard billion users. And that's kind of been our North Star uh, kind of throughout the years. Like how do we bring billion users? And we've been making really good progress, right, with these consumer apps, really onboarding people who, you know, there's like uh, grandparents of somebody in, I think, Solana ecosystem or, or uh, who are using Sweatcoin, for example, and then they stumbled that they can bridge near to Ethereum or something. And they were confused, right, which rightfully so. But, you know, they have actually near a wallet and they've been, you know, having the uh, Sweatcoin in their wallet and they've been using uh, other features without even knowing that they're using blockchain stuff. So like that's kind of always been the goal. And so now, as I said, we always looking for more ways to offer developers tools to build successful applications and kind of clearly near DA is one of these products as well as decentralized front ends. And so the way we kind of been framing this is like a blockchain operating system. It's really like, as you said, the glue that tying together applications and users and really works you know, with other layer ones, layer twos, and uh, kind of provides this connectivity to make successful apps. Yeah, I've been, gosh, oh boy. I've been learning a ton in this space so far. I, I just tweeted out, I've been exploring the question, how does Ethereum recompose its fragmented layer twos, right? It's, it's kind of becoming the big problem in the Ethereum space that people are identifying as something that we, it's it's not a, uh, it, it's got to happen like sooner rather than later. It's, there's a sense of urgency around it. And one of the answers that I've been circling around is low latency finality. Uh, and that seems to be exactly what um, Nier is bringing to the table. One of the problems, Ilya, uh, that I have that me and Ryan have when we are non-technical podcast hosts trying to get into the brain of someone who's extremely technical is we actually don't know the right question to ask. So if you had a question to ask yourself or just a topic that you wanted to bring up that we haven't um, unearthed yet, what, what, el what else should we be focusing on? Like what haven't we talked about yet that is important to you? Good question. Um, I mean, I think we covered a lot of the kind of various um, parts of this whole thesis. I think indeed the question you ask, like how do we recompose the experience is the right one. And uh, Nier kind of been working on it even before <laughs> this became a problem uh, in general with Nier blockchain. There's a actually interesting other um, kind of just thoughts that worth mentioning. One of them is right now everybody's launching uh, for the most part, a whole new layer two environment, right? So people launch like a whole new blockchain in a way uh, with, you know, needing to have every, every user needs to have a separate account on that blockchain. But if you, you know, looking from this chain abstraction thesis view, uh, actually developers can launch individual app rollup, right? Let's imagine I want to launch a Uniswap rollup. So just run a Uniswap smart contract and it allows you to deposit withdraw funds and users to interact with it through this cross-chain communication that we're delivering within a second or two. 
And so this actually still is very much the experience you get you would get um, if you have kind of the fast cross chain interactions. It'll be even faster than current Ethereum block time, but uh, will offer you very much way to run just that isolated application and you know optimize everything to be successful for that app. And so in near ecosystem, we have few of these actually running for a bit now. So one of them is orderly, which is a order book exchange where order book runs as a rollup uh, off chain, but it you know every second settles the executed transactions and all the deposit withdrawals are going to the blockchain. So that's kind of your you know standard bridge thing. And so this allows really kind of uh, experience that actually better than centralized exchanges because your order book exchange is very much like centralized exchange. You have, you know, millisecond trade time, trade update time. You have uh, uh, kind of, you know, old APIs, et cetera, that you would have with centralized exchange, but then you have decentralized and self-custodial uh, ownership of the assets, right? You don't need proof of reserves because they literally are all on a chain and all the settlement happens within a second. So you don't need to wait for withdrawals for you know, minutes or hours in some exchanges. So those are kind of the experiences that you can build on top of this you know, new stack. And as a user, you don't even know that there's any difference, right? You just deposit funds, trade, withdraw funds, or you know, just send a transaction and kind of flies through multiple uh, kind of app rollups or real rollups uh, under the hood. Well, Ilya, uh, thank you so much for spending some time on this spaces, uh, you know, talking about what you're doing at, at Near and giving some exposure to Bankless and, and the rest of the crypto community. We certainly appreciate it. I think this uh, chain abstraction concept is going to be one of the themes that is um, absolutely massive in 2024, because I feel very much, at least in the Ethereum ecosystem, what, we, what we've done with a roll-up-centric uh, roadmap in, in search of um, scalability has been to temporarily fragment ourselves and to kind of you know blow blow up the uh, the UX uh, for a little bit and and solutions like this and chain abstraction are how we stitch it all back together and I think that's going to be a ma major theme over the next couple of years. Um, one last question for you: If people are looking to find out more about this, where should they go? So you can go to near.org and if you want to specifically learn more about data availability, near.org slash data dash availability. Uh, but there's always also a bunch of other uh, tools for developers across ecosystems to uh, explore there. Amazing. Thank you. We will link this in the uh, the Twitter spaces notes for those that are listening to the recording. And uh, we appreciate you. Thanks, Eli. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Leah.